Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Folks, welcome back to uh, the Sales World Channel, iHealth Radio, iHealth Channel, the NBC Network, the whole shebang, as always, with your host, Hurricane H. Uh, today is, you know, uh, an exciting day because whenever I talk sales and I get someone who speaks my language, you know, primarily, I mean, I have different languages, <laughs> you know, typically different topics, uh, you know, all my... Uh, my, uh, I guess, love, you know, uh, and passion, but, but, but really sales is just what my DNA is made of. And so, uh, uh today I have someone that's going to drive us there now, now Darlene Friday, did I get it right? Per day. Per day. Per day. So that yeah. you see, I wasn't sure. I was like, yeah, I didn't ask. <laughs> so, so, so Darlene Priday, uh, she's a CEO of DP Consults and, and, uh, you know, she helps coaches. She coaches coaches, um, you know, to sell their products and services. And that's just the, uh, the quick definition. So, so, but we'll get in deep dive into this. Ultimately, uh, she is a sales guru too, and she's been doing, you know, sales in, in years. And, uh, uh, again, uh, this is the sales world channel primarily today and uh, now sales affects everything in your life and um, there you know whether you're entry level whether you're a professional whether you have a business as a matter of fact if you have a business you cannot be possibly in a business without being sales I'm, i don't know of a business that doesn't operate with a sales you know you know unit uh, or business development whatever you call it but but it is so first things first darlene welcome to the show thank you so much i appreciate you having me hurricane yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Like I said, today we're going to talk shop and we're going to have some fun. Uh, I did have like recently a couple of good, great shows actually about the sales. And so this is going to be the, the the next one, right? And, uh, you know, so so let's talk about you first, Darlene. I mean, ultimately you're in sales and uh, not everybody likes to be in sales. And, and you know, that's just a fact. Uh, we are like the... Uh, uh, the other guys, you know, everybody looks at us like those are sales guys, right? You know, and so, uh, uh, how, how was you? How did you make it in that journey? Because that is a tough, you know, place to be, and and making it a career is even harder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was always that person that said I I hate salespeople, right? Like I'm a salesperson <laughs> that hates sales um, because of the way that the typical stereotypical way that a lot of people approach it or look at salespeople. So, I mean, from very early on, I was in retail sales and then I was in um, B2B. I've done everything, B2B, B2C, um, all of that type of stuff. So it always naturally, lent, no matter what position I ever had, I always wound up selling. So I did, I was in the fashion industry for many years and I worked for a hair accessory company and I did product development and all of that. But I always sold, um, even though we had a sales team, I was always brought in for the bigger clients and different things like that because of the way that I sold and how I built those relationships. Oh, so, so again, it's funny that you said that, like you were in sales, you hated sales. Well, at least you not hated, but 
they just you know it's because of of how salespeople have always been perceived yet you said it even though i didn't sell i was selling and and that's really what what the reality of things you know we all do what we call a sales transaction in life and and i've always said this and many experts will tell you we start selling at earlier ages when we're kids and babies and and and, and we always sell in and and in a way whatever you have an interaction with someone you're exchanging some sort of value right uh, and and that's a that's a sales transaction. We just don't call it that way because whatever it is. Uh, and I had to get you know guess one time he says, "Do you ever date?" Yes. Okay. Well, well you've you've been selling a lot, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So so that's an example. Right? I mean, there's so many you know uh, you know I would say analogies if you want to call it that way. But but sales is a little tough because you always have to you know kind of pitch and people don't like to be pitched at right and uh sometimes it's like uh it's you know it's that kind of thing but but really we're not selling in typical terms we're just highlighting some value and proposition and uh, we're showing the people what that is and what it means to them and what it can how it can help them and usually you have to identify you know what their needs are and wants and then you can develop into something whether your product or service is going to match that stuff and that's really just the generic version of of if we think sales and and again anyone out there doesn't matter what you do uh you will want find yourself pitching something if you go on a job interview you are pitching yourself <laughs> yeah so you've if you're watching or listening right now you probably did that uh if you're uh you know again we talk about dating i think everybody if you're not dating even if you're marrying you still you still have to to pitch something honey we gotta go this no we're not gonna I go pitch i pitch <laughs> diy projects to my husband all the time all the time <laughs> but, but that's exactly right so you're always pitching right and so that's the thing pitching we hear we hear that it's it's just you talking about something and you want that idea to be accepted by the other party and so on and so forth. Now, in business, there is a transaction. There is actually, you know, compensation for those, you know, pitches and whatever it is, it, it you know, it reacts in, it, I mean, it, it, it creates an opportunity. It also results in, in uh, revenue for some and uh, opportunity for others or like, you know, product services, whatever you need. And so that's it. So, so, so that's the general stuff. Again, we're almost redefining sales for you folks out there. But, but again, the idea is that uh, we can never do justice to the sales and uh, it, call it sensitivity because <laughs> we are actually the ones that usually feel that pressure as much, you know, that, you know, because you work for any company, right? And there's a sales division, as you said, there's always salespeople and they're always being looked at different. They're always the ones that, that, you know, get the, the brunt of the headaches and if you want to call it that way i mean with the front line i mean no one gets the rejection and the curse and you know all the stuff and the sweats and stuff yeah i mean everybody's got pressure and that the performance whatever metrics that they have to, to demonstrate in their job roles but at the end of the day sales kind of like gets a little bit of a different spin and you know i, I we do have in my industry at least in the insurance world we do have a, a live expectancy of salespeople. you know because if you don't perform a certain time of you know uh period of time you know there's a chance that you're gonna have to uh be removed from that role because you're not delivering now that can happen for all jobs but the frequency or the the length of of uh, a lifespan for someone who's in sales is probably lesser than the average person. However, if you do it and you love what you do, it doesn't matter. And the other yeah. thing, once you're in sales, you're always in sales. So now this is this is just that was me just you know uh, chatting because that's like I told you this is like my shop. I love this stuff. Uh, yeah. And I, I and I I always like to drive this message because um, I want people to be proud of what they do and all people 
uh, you are you are doing some service out there. You are selling something, so just be proud of it. Not that wrong with it. Just do it right, uh, you know, and don't give a bad name to the to the the the, the professionals in this world, right? So yeah. so, Darlene, now now you've you've been selling, you've been the stuff. Now you also been leading, and mm -hmm. uh, you started your own business. You're the CEO of DP Consults, and uh, yeah. you really help coaches. I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there. Yeah. And sales coaching and sales training is, is you know, and by the way, let's define that sales coaching versus sales training, right? Um, you know, just so for our audiences, how do you bring that as a differentiator? In, in my mind, I think sales training is when you have a method and people following certain steps and um, it could be replicated for teams and different things like that. What I do is more um, coaching because I do a unique approach. I go one-on-one -on -one with a person where their natural bend is and create a process that is unique to them. Yes, there's certain standards within each of my clients. You know, there's ways to have a discovery call, build a funnel, different things like that. But the um, the design is is to encourage and equip them to be able to sell. So I think it's that encouragement, that tweaking um to be able to help them move forward as sharing their value. Well, so so we're talking about coaches who actually are, are promoting programs to to train others, right? And and, yes. and to coach others. And you know, so they're already selling, you know, a service and but but th th there's obviously a need because not everybody knows how to do that. Everybody wants to do this. I mean, it's a good place to be. I'm going to coach people. I'm going to do this stuff. But whether can you do it effectively? Do you have? Do you know how to do it? Uh, those are all questions. I mean, uh, we think we all know how to do it, but but really do we, right? And so your role is to kind of adjust those things for them. Correct? Am I getting that right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. So I kept seeing, you know, people. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. I mentioned that I also am a director of business development for Peachtree VA, where I sell and I talk to entrepreneurs all day long. I was seeing the same trend over and over again, where there were coaches that built a business, based upon just referrals or, you know, they had sales calls and then they want a virtual assistant to sell for them. Can they sell? And I'm like, you don't want, you don't want a virtual assistant selling for you. You know, you need to sell. So I kept seeing it over and over again, where even mindset coaches would get in their head, feel like they were not good at sales, where they were failing because they heard a no or whatever it may be. And they weren't able to grow. Um, because once they started getting more leads that were not just a friend of a friend that, you know, leads are great, but it also gets more rejection, right? The bigger your net, the bigger, or they were bringing in the wrong people. So, um, I was, I was helping people do this within my network and time and time again, people were like, you have to start your own business. You have to be a coach. And I'm like, there's a million coaches and, and, and I don't know about you, Hurricane, but when you do something that you is just innate to you that you've been doing for years and years and years, sometimes it's hard to see that other people like this is eye opening for other people. And they're like, oh my gosh, like I never heard of this. You know, I didn't even realize I should be doing X, Y, and Z. So that's that's really why I started it is to empower those coaches um, to take what they have and be able to continue to scale their business and not look at a no as a no. 
Well, Darlene, uh, the, the, you, you've uttered the word no a few times and rejection. And and those are like standards, you know, in, in our business. I mean, in our work, line of work, I mean, no is, is almost a, a must. It's a yes. <laughs> you know, you're going to have no's because that's just the, the tradition. I think we're all default to no. Humans by yeah. default, they're no. I mean, talk to your kids. Do you want to do no? You know, yeah. talk to you. No, I don't feel like it. Uh, and, and it's just, we almost feel that no is like the first, you know, facade that we always give. Even if you want something, you're going to say no first. <laughs> and, yeah. and then you're going to figure your way. And so by accepting that, that no is part of the deal, I think you can reject that, that, you know, uh, obstacle right there. And then you can start working from there. That's one. There is a, I remember when I first started a long time ago, I had this little, as a sales manager, I had this um, little picture in front of my, uh, in my cube. And uh, it literally says salesmanship begun, begins when the uh, customer says no. Uh, you know, and, and it was just there. It was that, and it, I had another one. There was a noose, uh, like you know, a, a picture of a noose, and it says, "You're responsible for sales." <laughs> so those two, are like, were like my little, like you know, uh, guides. You know, as far as like you know where I was, and it, it was just a few things that can like memory joggers for me that to keep me in check. You know, as as a responsible, and also knowing that my job is the difficult. You know, to actually accept rejections and work with them. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing. The minute you work with rejections and understand that it's going to happen, then the rest is history. It's a number game, right? You got you to gotta get a few. Now, how you convert some of those rejections, some of those no's into yeses, there's an art to it and there's a science, both. I mean, that's the other thing. Sales is both a mix of an art and a science. The art is your formula, your style, your personality, right? Yes. The science is the methodology. As you said, you have a certain way of doing it. You you've trained, you, you, you train yourself. We train other people to actually, you know, uh, execute on that. And then there you go. And you can deliver. And so, but it's difficult. But the problem is that... Uh, not everybody has, I mean, everybody has their own style. Sometimes people don't know what that style is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they don't know how to switch their their way based on the customers. Not everybody is equal, right? I mean, yes. talking to you with a different story. If I talk to somebody else, it would be a different. So I need to engage with you, understand your needs, your personality, your flow. And that's where I can actually ad adapt and adjust as, as well. Now, some people, they're linear. They just have one way. You have to be like a 4D. You have to be like from like all different angles to be able to, uh, to work and and again um in life we we sell in we sell out that's the other thing there's different options <laughs> you know go ahead sorry yeah, i i use the analogy of a piano player right if somebody could plunk out the keys exactly the way it is you know they're following that method they may technically know how to play the piano and then you know when you have somebody who's passionate about it and they play and even if they're playing a wrong note or two it's more enjoyable, right? So that's the same thing with those sales calls is when you really have somebody who is engaged, actively listening, like you said, know your audience um, and being able to um, enjoy that conversation versus just hitting those points. It it makes it much better for the person that, it, that you're talking to as well. You know, uh, I hear you say that. And also, like, it's funny, I, I was looking at uh, something on, on my screen here. And uh, you talked about leads and how most people, they, they're happy when they have the referrals, uh, you know. And so that's like order take care. I mean, you know, you get an, an easy sale. I mean, all you got to do is, you know, for, you know, 
give them what it is. They're already pre-sold because they actually yeah. come into you halfway ready. It's like when someone's like, hey, I, you know, can you tell me more about this? I think, you know, or they walk into you like, they, you know, they, for example, as simple as this, you go to a car dealer, right? There's a, you're not in the car dealer to buy food. You go in there to buy a car. So there's yeah. a good chance that you're looking for a vehicle. It's just how we interact. Although, you know, car car salesmanship can probably be one of the, the worst examples in, in the sales and because they pitch too hard and, you know, uh, it loses a lot of the value of real salesmanship. But, you know, again, no critics here for, for our, you know, car deals, but, but you know, there's more work to be done there. If yeah. I, you know, if I had to to coach, you know, some, and I, there's definitely a lot of work to be done. I've done it actually in person one time <laughs> with this dude that was my car dealer. Anyways, yeah. so, so, but, but really when you start doing real sales where it's cold turkey sales i mean these people are not coming from a friend of a friend or referral they don't know it then you are actually talking to them and you have to pitch and you have to like hey, why you know why you versus others why the product that you have why your service i mean there's you know hundreds of products that are in the marketplace and you happen to be one of them why different what what, what makes the difference right you're selling you know a whole different perspective your style uh yeah. your angle and, and and that's the difference. So that's really where, where it gets gets hard is when you have someone that is not prepped for you, you know. So 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 how do you work with folks like that? You know, what is your angle with that? So what I tell my clients too is know who who your best customer is, who is going to get the most out of your service. I speak to so many coaches and they're like, well, I could serve anybody. And I'm like, you don't want to, right? Like, could you technically? Yes. But are you the best option for everyone? No. And we're having major storms. I hope I keep my internet. Um, I don't know if you could hear the thunder. Sorry about that. But um, welcome to Florida. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it'll be sunny in, in 10 minutes. So, um, so I have them really identify who is the best client for them and also not look at a sales call, but as a discovery call, you are actively listening to that person and seeing what they need. And then you're conveying how you can help them. Right. I, I don't like scare tactics. I don't like, you know, um, saying like, if you don't use my service, you're never going to be able to sell. Like, it's just not true. Right. There's a lot of options out there. I know what I do well. I know how I can help people and I know how I can, you know, move the needle and all of those different things. So I actively listen to the person and then I paint that picture of what it would look like if they used my service. So that's how I have my clients share with them, paint, paint a picture of if you use my service, if I coached you, if I, you know, rebuilt your website, what would that look like as opposed to using fear? You're opening up their mind to the possibilities. So, so thank you for just a few things there that are powerful. One is you, you said it. You know, um, you can't sell everybody, although you can. But but really, is it is it worth it? Is it going to work? Are yeah. you going to drive the results? So the, the truth of the matter is that you know there is a product for everyone. There's someone for every product, and you don't have to have everybody. Uh, and that's just the fact. Uh, you know, you you talked about the concept of uh, uh, the idea of painting a picture for them right you know understanding what they're really gonna do um and and that's that's again that's the eye-opener right you, to your point when you're not doing scare tactics and by the way scare tactics were probably not going to give you good results you know right. people can read through that asap i mean as they're, they're super desperate but then even if they are they'll probably drop you on the way because they're going to figure out like you know no i feel pressured here and that's it scare tactic you know 
in, in, yeah. in, includes the idea of pressure. People don't like to be pressured. Uh, it shouldn't be pressure. It should be like, you know, oh, I want this. I really see the value and I need it. And I I, I want you to help me get there. Uh, and so so that, those are lovely values. And that's actually true salesmanship. That's professional salesmanship. You don't want to. Now, again, I use the word salesmanship as an expression. <laughs> so so just in case someone says, well, you know, why? But that's that's really how we refer to it. And and it's really just a way to do it. And you And I love what you said about that you're comfortable with that you know you don't want to be everybody's coach but you want to have the people believe in your your system what you're going to give them and make the difference with them and that that's actually i think what makes a difference in anything we do uh people have like in our business for example i'm in the insurance space and uh you know one of the regulations you can't do pressure tactics and scare tactics right yeah. uh you know so so by default we're not supposed to that doesn't mean that people sometimes don't cross that line and like hey listen you never know maybe if you don't do it now it's too late and whatever yeah. as a matter of fact see i have a rule that if i don't sell you today actually i just did sell you <laughs> so what does that mean yes. <laughs> you know i don't sell you today i actually prep you for later so I don't have to have a sale every day from, and I mean, you have to have numbers every day if you want to call it that way, but uh, but you don't lose a sale. You lose a sale when you stop, when you actually push them away, but you don't lose a sale or a transaction if you make those people feel good about you. Because yeah, maybe today the circumstances are not going to work. In a month from now, the circumstances are going to get better. Now they're going to come back to you. So like, you know what? I really thought about this stuff. It's gorgeous. This is something I want. I want you to help me out. But but if you piss them off and you scared them and you did all that, it's over. It's done. Not only them, everybody else that comes along with them, their referrals are gone. So those cold leads with the easy ones are not going to happen. So 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 that's a mistake that's often made by by salespeople and sales professionals, and it is a bad one. I always say the end like a win for a sales call is going to be that they trust you. You exchange that trust. You're going to have some yeses, you're going to have some noes, but those noes might be not now. You know, those noes might be never, but you know what? I have a friend that could really use this service or product or whatever it may be, but they trust you. You built that trust because you're not trying to sell everyone and you're not trying to use these cheesy tactics to get them to say yes, because people see that, right? So if they trust you, I have so many people that I've had calls with that will never use me and they send the best referrals over um, because they know I will shoot straight. If I'm not the right service, I can't serve you well, I'm not going to sell you. I don't care what my numbers look like. I'm just not going to do it. Well, see, that's, that's the, again, this is the highest level of, of maturity in sales, you know, understanding that and understanding that, you know, a lost opportunity today is a gain sometimes in the future. And, and knowing, but some people, they want that quick fix, that quick sale. You know, it's like, you know, I just want to get it now and I, I don't care about the future. What happens is they, they don't see the potential, you know, it's like you, you take, you know, the baby fruit and it's, it's, you know, or the tree is destroyed or whatever, and there's no more, but you can leave it there. And to your point, the best referrals will come on because, they started to trust you. They believe in you and they know you're honorable. They know you're honest. You're not just bullshitting people. And so, so that's what people are looking for. I mean, today, if you ask anyone, you know, I want a mechanics, like, uh, I don't know. Do you know a good one? Uh, I want a lawyer. Do you know a good one? Do you, I want an accountant. Do you know a good one? You know, anybody like you want, we always ask people like, do you know someone that's really good? That's not going to, you know, take me for a run, you know, and, you, yeah. know, you know, take advantage I, of me. Yeah. I just got a text yesterday. 
um, from a woman I spoke to uh, over over a four year period, right? Um, needing a virtual assistant here and there. We like would she would text me. We kind of reconnect, see what it was because I also don't want somebody to move forward if financially and all of those different things are not going to be good for them, right? Um, I've given her other resources for like, okay, you can't afford us, but here's a good patch until you can. She texted me yesterday and she was like, hi, my friend, my, you know, um, sends me pictures of her grandchildren. And she was like, now I need a virtual assistant and we're talking on Tuesday. So, you know, if she never bought from me, it's still a relationship, right? I'm still valuable to her because she knows she can come to me and I can refer her to what she needs. She sent people to me. So it's just, it's really nice. And here it is four years later. Did I do these things? Cause I knew four, four years down the road, she may need a virtual assistant. Of course not. That's just how I operate with a generous mindset that I'm going to give value regardless of where they fall. And, and so now that, that takes me to your name or the, the, the you know, consults it's consulting. You yeah. know, in sales, we are advisors and consultants. We're not salespeople. And and so, yes, we use the word salesmanship. Those are the technical words. But really what we do is that consultative, you know, approach. It's that, you know, uh, advisory, you know, personality. It's like, you know, let's identify your needs. Let's see what what's today, what's going to work. What's not. And yeah, and then you can start tweaking and pushing if you need to. Ultimately, if you are working towards a commission or whatever, some people, you know, you know, and you have managers and you know, there's always jokes about like, you know, how you get pushed to, you know, in front of the, the fire, uh, you know, th there's some of that in this world of sales, but the best salespeople, it doesn't matter, you know, the ones that do success, successful, you know, transactions and amounts of sales are the ones who are doing that advisory, you know, approach. They're consulting with people. They're sharing with them, you know, values. They're not scaring them. They're not pressuring them. They're just showing them why, you know, this service is going to help them and what options they have. And sometimes I, I have done this, actually. Sometimes I've, I've sent people to my competition. Yeah. I just cannot help you. But exactly. I know someone that can. And you know what? Please do so. And actually, I've worked with a competition where we exchanged, you know, business, you know. And so so it's not difficult if, again, it's, again, it's a business, right? It's numbers, but it's the right numbers. It's it's. And by the way, the word numbers even is negative. It's not numbers. They are, these are people with needs. These are yes. people with emotions. These are folks that have, you know, a, a, a real situation in their life that you are trying to solve for. And so if you start thinking about how many people do we help today so we can help ourselves, if that's the simple formula as a salesperson, if you have that mindset, well, I want to help more people. <laughs> By helping more people, I'm helping myself. And you start changing the dynamics of sales. You, you, you start becoming someone of value as opposed to someone like, you know, people would not want to cross paths with you again. Uh, so I love what you said. And I love the term collaboration versus competition, because I have a lot, even in the coaching space, um, I just discovered, like I created this business just out of my head, right? What I saw a need for, I didn't do all that competitive research because of the fact that I wanted to stay true to what I wanted to do. Um, but in my networking, I've crossed paths with so many people that are kind of in the same space. And I'm so excited that they're changing the landscape of sales. And there is a different way and there is a better way. And it's not what the typical, you know, 20 years ago, you had to do it certain, you know, just numbers churn and all of that. And I will say that, you know, I use a lot of empathy with my sales 
And someone told me that sounds so weak. That sounds so I'm like, I have always operated that way, just innately, right? But I've also been a top producer, no matter where I was. And even I would go against, they'd say, oh, you have to do this, this, and this. You know, sometimes sales managers are so disconnected from what the client is needing and all of that. So I'm a little bit of a rebel. I just did what I wanted. And I was always really successful, you know, um, based upon operating authentically to who I was. You know what? Actually, you're talking real stuff. Empathy is needed in this business. You you need to understand people. Uh, finances. I mean, some some sales guy can or gal can come in right now and says, well, you guys are talking sales. You know, talking, we got to push the numbers. We got to get the revenue. Well, we're going to get the revenue. Trust me, we've done it. I mean, we're not talking sales today because we didn't, you know, we failed at it. We've, we've, yeah. I've, I've, done, I've been selling for 30 years and I've, I've managed sales, led sales, you know, led division of sales. And I can tell you, uh, it's, it's all about the above. It's all about, you know, caring, empathy, all these things and being true to yourself, honorable, things like that. And if you know how to leverage things, you know, your numbers are always going to be there because it's a, a mass production type of thing as opposed to individual. You know, the reason people get scared and they want those quick results is because they're not doing well enough. Yeah. So they need to catch up, you know, the numbers. So they are forced almost to just do shortcuts and bad deals. And then eventually they don't last long and they don't make it, you know, in the long run. And that's the other thing. This is more of a marathon business, not, you know, yes, it's day to day. You know, every morning you wake up in sales, it's a new day. You got to push. But understanding your value, understanding what you're doing. And you want to sleep nights at night, too. I mean, that's the other part. I mean, yes. you, know, you don't want to feel like, you know, I just got these people, you know, they lost their shirt because I got them a policy. And, and here's the other thing. Sometimes even if you did a quick sale. It does. There's chargebacks in a lot of business and sales. There's there's people that cancel on you or disroll if it's a membership or whatever. You know, you want a long term relationship with your customers, and that's that's who you know residuals. You know, even if let's say let's say in, in the insurance world, there's residual income. If you do bad by people, well, they're not going to be with you, so you're not going to get that residual over the years. So what's the point? You got a quick, you know, a uh, little, you know, X, Y, Z dollars, but yeah, you, you have a short, narrow mind as opposed to like, you know, looking for a longer term. And so those are some of the things. Now, now Darlene, confid you know, confidence is a big word, you know, yeah. in, in the world sales. What, what do you say to that? And before we do that, I do want you, if you don't mind to just for our audiences, virtual assistance. Why is that? You know, <laughs> because yeah. you refer to it and probably like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, virtual assistance is, um, think of it this way. Like I've never, I mean, there's been virtual assistance around a long time, but I think in 2020, it just catapulted. Everybody realized they can work remotely and, and I've been working remotely for over 10 years. So I don't, you know, I do everything over Zoom and, and different things like that. But in today's economy, it is a beautiful thing that there's so many fractional options out there. So if you are a solopreneur, if you're a small business, you don't need somebody 40 hours a week. You don't even have enough, not only money, but you don't even have enough to do for that, right? Because we see everybody is an entrepreneur now and they're building these businesses and there's so many startups. So if somebody needs high quality support, but maybe five, 10 hours a week, 
that's what we supply. So we have all US based, they're highly vetted. We have a matching process where we make sure we're matching skills, personality, all of those different things. Because when you build a business, it's your baby. So you don't want just anybody handling it, you want someone in alignment with you. So they are able to do fill in a multitude of gaps. Because when people start businesses, they start businesses because they're passionate about what they're doing, but they don't like a lot of the other stuff or they may not like for me, I suck at all the details. I am a high level, I, you know, visionary, that type of thing. Can I do the details? Yes, but it sucks the life out of me. But having a virtual assistant, I call her my other half of my brain. She just works so well and knows me so well that she picks up on those other areas. And she takes care of the details to leave me in my zone of genius to be able to connect. Love it. So, so now let's talk about the confidence. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so how important is confidence in our business, in the sales world? Confidence is so important because people read your energy. People know when you're desperate. People know when you're just trying to make a sale. Um, people know when you're, you know, operating out of fear. But I think confidence starts with what you're selling. I have to believe in what I'm selling. Otherwise, I cannot sell it. Could I? Yes, but I won't, right? Back to putting your head on the pillow at night and living with yourself. So I think if you truly know that you can help people with whatever product, whatever service that you have, the confidence is in the outcome of helping them, not in your sales ability. You're there to share and you're going to have that, that confidence and that passion is going to come across because you believe in whatever you're selling versus you believe in your abilities to sell. Does that make sense? Oh no, you you just you know that that's the probably one of the most powerful definitions of this part. <laughs> because 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 you're right. Um yeah, I mean if you're a salesperson, you are a salesperson. You can sell ice to eskimos, whatever expressions that we've heard out there, you know, yeah. you, you can do it, right? Uh and uh it's it's part of you. That's your personality. And sometimes they say you salespeople are liars, bullshit artists, you know. And yeah. like I, I had a friend, we had a birthday party and his wife's like, you know. Um, what do you do for a living? You do the BS stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the joke. You know, so people think that we are BS people, but we're not. And and but what makes the difference, as you said, is not so much that you are confident in your skills and abilities, because that that you have to have that. Yeah. It's the confidence that the people uh, that you're serving are going to be pleased and and ultimately happy with whatever you're giving them. And the fact that sometimes you align yourself with products or services that you don't even believe in. If you tell me, like, if I'm selling something I cannot, I won't use myself. Then how can I even pitch it? I mean, exactly. just like, you know. And if I did, I, you people to your point, they will read through it because it's not going to sound authentic. It's not going to be like the passion piece is going to be gone because you're going to be talking as as just robotic. You know, this is what it's going to do stuff. But but when you love something, your passion is going to come right through your eyes. I mean, people are going to see it from your energy, from your your vocals, you know, from your your uh, tone. Everything's going to drive. Like, look at us. We're talking about something we're passionate about. I can feel. I mean, I'm jumpy right now. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Because I love this stuff, right? Yes. But, but if 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 you are talking about something that you're not sure, this happened to me. Like you know, there was a, one time I was given uh, a last minute uh, presentation to give in a product that I was not very familiar with, 
I sucked at that presentation. You know, I was literally standing in front of a crowd. They're looking at me. I'm not confident in my talk because I'm not sure if I can articulate it well because that was my element. They just took me out of my element. They want me to actually pitch this. It wasn't me. Now, you give me something that I'm in the element. I mean, think about it. Like you take a fish out of the water. Yeah. They're not going to be feeling good and vice versa. Right. You know, humans in the water for a long time, we're going to drown. And so so you got to be in that element of yours. And once you're in, that's it. The sky is the limit. I mean, there's no limit, actually. And also um, another point that you just reminded me of is like know your product or service inside and out. We are in a time when there is so much information. Our our customers are coming educated, right? They know everything. They know the competitors. They know, you know, what the pricing is. They know, you know, so they're coming to the table. So you have to know and be really um, educated on what your value is. And I don't, I don't talk about competition. You know, there's, I I don't like when people are like, well, what about X, Y, and Z? I don't like to talk about competition because I'm like, there's something for everybody. I can tell you what I do best and why to use me. And they may be just as like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's fine. Um, But I putting down the competition or, um, being negative in any way just makes you look bad. You know, just talk about what you can do. If they, you know, I have, we'll use the virtual assistants because that's more apples to apples. They'll be like, well, I can get a virtual assistant for $10 an hour or, or $6 an hour in the Philippines. And I'm like, listen, if you find them, let me know because I will have them run my life for $6 an hour. You know, if you could find somebody that good, do it, you know, but I, you know, so I think it's just a matter of really knowing your product service and conveying your value versus putting down the competition. Also, let's talk about that because that is that is intense. The fact of when anything you do, guys, in life, if you're engaged in something, you need to be a master at it. You need to really master it at whatever it is. Uh, you talked about piano. I mean, if you really want to be in it, I mean, you really have to be at it. And, and a good pianist takes years. I mean, I had a, a great show with a, a composer 40 plus years of, of composing and piano work. I mean, four hours a day type, you know, of every day in her life, you know, putting, you know, some stuff that that's, that's where the expertise, the mastery comes in. And same thing here in sales, it's something that you have to do, you know, over and over. If you're in the medical field, you need to understand that. If you're in the pharma, you need to understand that. If you're in insurance, you need to understand your options and everything. And you're right. Talking about your competition is irrelevant to people. As a matter of fact, it's a flag. It's a bad. And I was going to ask you about the no-nos and we might go right after yeah. this into a segue there. But really, that's a that's a one of the no-nos. Because here's the thing. people can. If you're talking about the competition, first of all, have you worked in the competition? And even if you did, the competition does change eventually. Maybe that a bad leadership. Maybe the product yeah. sucked for that year. They changed. They have a better product. You don't know that. Uh, like in our business, we can't say we have the best at the better because we don't yeah. work with the other guys. Even if we know that maybe some of their products may be not aligned with us and we have someone, some products are better, we would ask like, so what is your current you know situation? Well, I have this. Well, unfortunately, we can, you know, they're not giving you the most, you know, we have, you know, a higher number, for example, something, yeah, but they have to tell you. The differences without... Exactly. Without it, that's right. competition. That's right. If you start bashing on the other guys, it's and by the way, it's it's reversible too, because you know, you get another, you know, person on the other side that's bashing and it's not constructive and people can can really see it. See, uh, like for example, 
I, I we do brokerage. And so in the brokerage, so so I have two models. We have the captive, let's say, agents that work for a help plan, and that's that's our industry. And those they only sell one product or whatever the products that that company has. So they're very steering into one particular piece of, 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 of you know, let's say product line, right? Yeah. However, as a broker, you have all the products in the marketplace. So I, I don't have to pressure sell one versus the other. Tell me what your needs are and how you want your portfolio to be. And I'm going to show you the three best, you know, opportunities that we have in the market today that can benefit you. And now that's, that's a quick, and so, so therefore, I wouldn't even have to get a search, but sometimes you do work for one company and you don't yeah. have the option of selling the others. You still have to push those products, but that you can do it by highlighting what are the necessities and the best things that you have in that product. And regardless of what the company, I mean, listen, we talked about cars, right? There's cars at diamond dozen, you know, companies, right? There, there are a lot of them. Everybody's selling cars and, and yeah. on the road, you're going to see all models, which means that, you know, this car is not some, let's say you want a Bentley. Well, there's a, a different craft for the Bentley. They don't need yeah. that. They don't, pro, they don't do commercials, right? <laughs> they, you know, that's yeah, one exactly. thing. Exactly. You know, so, so, so you want a Toyota, they do commercials. That's okay. That's a different brand. Everybody's different and they all have their own sales targets. They all have their own goals. They all have their own teams and everybody's got like, some people would not drive anything but American. Right? Yeah. Some people like foreigner cars, you know, like, or high speed, you know, like, you know, like fast cars. Whatever it is. So that's the thing. You identify, you know, what, what the needs are. But if you start bashing and you try because because you just want to make your product, you know, relevant at that point, you know, it's you can do that to an extreme. Maybe you get a one or two, you know, that will buy into that. But it's not a consistent, you know, style and it's not going to help you for the long term. Eventually, your number is going to suck, you know, because, again, we're talking sales, right? <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. So, so Darlene, since we're talking about no-no, what are some of the no-nos that you, uh, you, you, you do not cross, or you tell people be careful uh, as you coach them? I mean, these are remember you coach coaches, and yeah. some of the no-nos that they might go through that we may be able to help them not get there. Yeah, well, I think trying to sell everybody, being everything to everybody, especially with coaching, it's so personal. If you bring in the wrong client, it's not only bad for them, it's bad for you too. And you're not going to get the results needed. So selling to the wrong people, um, using fear tactics, or I am the only way, it drives me crazy. Like, again, I have that rebellious spirit. Like if somebody tells me this is the only way, I will find a different way, you know, to do it. Like, I don't like, you know, because everybody's unique. There's a lot of different ways. Um, and then also just operating out of um, fear, like I have to meet those numbers or I have to sell or whatever. Your energy introduces yourself before you even speak, right? And people know when you're desperate. People know when you are um, just trying to get them on the hook. So really taking a minute before you get on a sales call and and focusing on okay, I'm going to actively listen. And we talk too much as salespeople, right? We do. I do it. I've been in sales 30 years. I still talk too much. But listening, right? Actively listening to what the other person's saying. And don't just listen to get your point across. Hear what that person is saying. So this way you can really help them versus just going point by point with your sales pitch. Well, uh, you use the word active listening, and and that is a uh, a tool that not 
everybody uses correctly. Uh, active listening is where you're literally listening and almost like, you know, did you say this? You know, am I getting this right? You know, and, and that's when you really, first of all, not only you show them that you actually are picking it up, but you also, are, you, you don't want to just take it and you, you want to confirm that concept, right? Because that's what's going to build in the next step. Now, because I could be hearing you and not listening at all to what you say. I'm just, I'm hearing voices, but I'm not even focused on what you say. I'm just like in the zone. Or sometimes you said, we're salespeople. We tend to talk. But real, in the profession of sales, 70% of the business is really listening uh, because that's what's, and, and, and surveying, assessing, understanding the needs and the wants and what's going on before you can start pitching. That's actually driving how you're going to be able and what you're going to talk about. I mean, you might, let's say you're selling five different things, but their needs and their discussion is only geared into one thing. Well, for example, you're listening and all along you're listening about price. Because that's usually the biggest, you know, object, uh, you know, uh, I guess objection. Uh, sell, you know, like how much this is going to cost me. Everybody, I don't care who you are out there. You know, as soon as you talk to a salesperson, you're just looking at like, what is it going to cost me? Yeah. And 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 you want to know that first before anything else, because you don't want to proceed with the stuff. Most of the salespeople will try to keep that to the end of the story, you know, because they want to get you past that, and the numbers can be worked out later on. But so 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 understanding this, if someone is really you can you have to be listening. For example, if you have a couple in front of you. Which one is really the decision maker? You know, those are all the things that you have to have attention to pay attention to. Otherwise, you're going to have a whole, you know, bad, bad outcomes and, and you're going to find yourself not closing and not, you know, your ratios are not there because you're not taking the time. Uh, you know, I always say this, you're in front of a customer. That's it. Don't forget, forget about the other customers. Forget yeah. about the other stuff that's coming up. Who am I missing? Am I wasting time? You're not wasting time. Be present. Yeah. That's it. Fully present in the moment. This is it. I'll finish this deal. Then I can move to the next. But if you start I, like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Donna. Oh, I'm sorry. What I would say too is don't be afraid to challenge the person that's talking to you. Sometimes they have preconceived notions. Ooh. They are off base. Like by you just agreeing, agreeing, agreeing is not going to benefit them either. You know, so there's, I would imagine with insurance, you know, people misunderstand something or they think they heard from Aunt Susie that they need this type of policy and they don't like, it's okay to say like, can I just speak into that for a minute? You know, I have a lot of people that come to me and they want a virtual assistant. They're like, I need another one of me. And I'm like, that is the last thing you need, you know? Um, so don't be afraid to give the client or customer pushback if they are off track, not in a mean way or anything, but just like educate them. I love it because here's the thing. You're right. Uh, when when someone is coming to you, you think that they they need you, right? But when you go to people, you that's when you start like you know trying to avoid that because you're afraid that you're gonna like push them away. It's the same concept. You are in front of them. Doesn't matter how you got to them. It's about to your point. You're gonna ask the questions. Is that gonna make sense? Is this something that you really want? You know, and that's the other thing. It's again, if you are consultative, you know, mode, and you are doing consulting and advisory stuff, you will actually not go there. If you do, if you don't, then you're definitely going to fall into that trap. And you're going to look like two point. Yes, 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 yes. And mm -hmm. or just push, push, push. And that's it. It's not about that. It's about literally understanding. And you're right. Sometimes people will challenge you. And I, I, I you said something powerful earlier is that that today's folks are educated. Mm -hmm. They know the stuff. And first of all, when they reach out to you or even if you talk to them and they allow you to have, you know, a discussion, 
they're preparing yourself. They might look you up. They might look you in your company. They might know what they, they that, what to ask and stuff. And they'll be prepared for you. Sometimes they ask other friends, hey, what do you think of this? You know, and they get the feedback. Sometimes they, it, it really have baked feedback, but that's what they have. So you got to work with those things and you have to be prepared for it. And you know what? Here's the thing. If you are prepared that the sale may not happen, then everything else is for you to gain. You know, yeah. so 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 you get that out of the way. That and that's usually what the fear is for everybody. Oh, I'm not gonna make the deal. Let's get that out. I'm gonna go in there, like I'm gonna help this person, and I'm definitely gonna go in with my best abilities to try to get the best out of them and hopefully deliver whatever their needs are and 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 whatever at this time. Now, sometimes they might not even need it now, they might need it a year later. It doesn't matter. You said it four years later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I think it's important too for the salespeople to be ongoing learners because you and I have been in the business for many, many years, right? In 30 years, the, the core of how we sell, who we are may not have changed, but the customer has changed, the resources have changed. So being on top of it and not just, and I love even learning from people that are much younger than me, or they have fresh perspectives. So just learning, you can learn something from your customers. You can learn something from colleagues. You can learn something from your competition, like always being hungry to learn and knowing that you're never, no matter how long we live, no matter how long we sell, we're never going to know everything. Right. And always, you know, really just trying to hone your craft as opposed to just thinking you're a big shot and you know it all. Cause like sales is as good as your last sale, right? Like you could be a champion one month. You could be the worst the next month. Like you got to, it's a long game, as you said earlier. And, and I love what you said. I mean, actually it goes back to that discussion about being a master of, of the, the craft and, and understanding your stuff, knowing your stuff and, and knowledge is not going to be, you know, uh, 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 without new, features without updates you got to update your knowledge right and you're right if you just think that you know what i knew 30 years ago still apply you know today then you're just old school and you know we have some old school stuff foundations and we keep those obviously our, our expertise you know comes from those years but what makes us better at what we do is that we are adapting with the times whatever technology whatever we are up there we are constantly and by the way there's always someone's going to learn more or have has more knowledge so yeah. i understand that rule too doesn't matter how smart you are there's a smarter person out there and so so let me get to that next level always try to be you know in, in the top of of tier of those things that's going to make you and i love what you said you can learn from anybody i learned from kids from my kids yeah. from family members from outside from tv from everywhere i pick and then i absorb i tweak and then i make it my own that's all. You adapt to the times, you adapt to the knowledge, you adapt to the skills, the industry changes and whatever industry you're in, it's going to change. You need to, there's so many things that are happening. So the core foundations are the same, you know, but yeah. it's, it's the aesthetics and the more stuff and the adaptability to the times it's it's necessary. It's a must. Uh, so, so it's, it's all of the above that you stated and beyond. I mean, really that's what it is. And you have to be in, in all the time updating upgrading without with and by the way you don't want to be obsolete <laughs> oh for sure you don't want to be obsolete but you also have to have that anchor of who you are because if you just chase the new and shiny the latest and the greatest technique you will be lost you will be like bouncing back and forth and you will not be effective at all so having a strong foundation but just gleaning and taking what resonates with you 
um, from these different things is important too. And not just taking it all in like, oh, I have to change the way that I have to sell and be a whole different person. No, that's, that is the beauty of sales is that you bring in your own personality and what you contribute to the role. And even though those, those cores are the same, you, you know, you're still making it your own. Oh, <laughs> and that's important. Your signature, right? <laughs> you have yeah. your own flavor. Uh, and, and that's, that's really what makes, I mean, you and I, we can go to the same, you know, to, to, to the same place and you're going to have your spin. I'm going to have my spin and, and we're going to have our own little, uh, identify you know a uh, uh, unique perspective and unique approach and that's okay you want to be that you don't want to be like just a clone of anybody else because then that's that's not okay. going to work uh, so so now i want to go to to the entrepreneurs and, mm -hmm. and coaches uh business coaches you know typically like you said it i mean there, more than ever there's more people that want to be entrepreneurs and and the world is allowing that there's more with technology yeah. and everything people are doing this uh but but what are some of the mistakes that you uh, see out there in in people who are joining new ventures or becoming more of their own bosses, if you want to call it that way, or their own employers? And uh, you know what are some of the, the advices you would give them? Well, I think I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs hire a salesperson way too soon. They're not even solidified in their business and then they're hiring somebody and they're thinking somebody knows more about their business than they do, which is they may not know about the sales aspect of it, but nobody's going to know your business more than you, especially when you created it. So not just jumping to hire someone or if you get to the point where you need a salesperson having somebody that is not in alignment with your core values, your vision, and you have to really know how they're going to sell because as a coach, you are your product. If you get a salesperson that's going to use these tactics as we talked about that are no-nos, right? You're going to look bad. That's your reputation. That's your brand. So if you get to the point where you need to hire a salesperson or sales team, you need to make sure that they are in alignment with who you are and are going to operate like that with every single customer, regardless of the month, regardless of the quota, regardless of anything. So, darling, you, you're touching on something very deep because, uh, you know, and it's funny because you said a lot of entrepreneurs, they usually hire a salesperson, yet they're the ones who created or, or, or innovated this this new approach with this new service or product. And, and they're really the ones who know this the most. I mean, they can pitch it better than most, if not better than anybody else, because they know why they created whatever that opportunity is. Uh, so so they're the better you know pitchers at this. I think the problem is most of the people, they don't think they have what it takes as 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 the uh, the pitch. I, you know, I get CEOs all the time who actually are pitching their companies. Yeah. You know, now they don't send their salespeople or their sales. They do have you know sales divisions, but they come and talk about their value, their organization, uh, and and they're pitching the bigger picture, right? Uh, because they know more about what that vision is and their mission, so they want the, the public to hear about it. You know, now they can certainly have a representative to sell the product service, but that's the product and service, not the big picture, and yeah. that's the difference. So to your point, if you are really believing in your company and you're starting the company, you're going to be the first one out there. 
pitching, doing. Then what's going to happen eventually, it's going to expand, and then you're going to have people who actually are aligned correctly, as you said. And if they're not aligned, they're not going to be part of it. You shouldn't be part of the team because they're going to destroy what all the work you've done. So that's important. Now, now um, coaches, you said that, you know, they have sometimes difficulty, you know, finding their own business. Yeah. Why is that? I, I think what happens is that they move out of a place of sharing what they do and their value. And it's a mindset. They shift to, I have to sell. Um, I just worked with a client who ha- she builds websites and she has an amazing product and all of those different things. And she was told by someone like, you have to get a sales call is successful if you get them to put give you that deposit right on that call. And I'm like, that's not true. Like it's it's really not true, right? Like that's not a successful sales call. Sure, you're gonna you're gonna have that sometimes if it's an alignment. And when I was like, no, that's when I was doing the discovery call with her, I explained a little bit more of how I equip. I would equip her to sell. And when she heard that is not the right way to do it, it was like she took a deep breath and she was like, oh, well, that makes more sense. It got her off the hook because she she was putting this ridiculous pressure on herself to get that sale. Or I had another client, she's a mindset coach. And she was like, I spoke to three, I got, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I got three no's last week. Like I spoke to three different people. Nobody wanted to move forward. And I'm like, Okay, but why were they not the right fit for you? Was it they didn't have the funds now? Did they have to have something else in place? You know, all of those different things. People take no, and that's the end of it. I saw a statistic that was absolutely ridiculous. 70% of people do not follow up on sales, like 70%. So I thought that's ridiculous. That's not a true number. You know, the more I talk to entrepreneurs, the more I realize. It's either yes or no. They're like, okay, they're either working with me or they're not. They're not putting them in a nurturing campaign. They're not checking in with them at a later time. You know, it's so, so there's so much of a mindset that goes around selling your own services that I help them with so that this way it could be authentic. It could be a conversation. It's not pressure. It's not pressure for the client, but it's not pressure for the person selling either. Well, Darlene, I, I, I love what you're saying because you're making it a very simple approach that there is a way uh, that is beyond what you know. And it's not necessarily that, yes, ideally you want to close a deal the same day. I mean, who who, who doesn't want that? If you're in sales, that, that's that, that's a sweet you know, spot. That's like, you know, yeah, easy money, right? But that's not always the case. If that was the case, everybody would be selling every day because yeah. everybody would be like, you know, you go in, you come out with a, with, with actually money. That's not that's not how it works. It takes time. I mean, uh, I'm going to talk about real estate agents. You know how long that, do they have to work to actually get a deal? How yeah. many shows? If you're on the on the, the the sellers, you know, agent side, I mean, you got to list the products, you got to get the listings, you got to do this, and then eventually you have to share that commission with someone else. If you're on the buyer side, you know how many people you have to take to these homes and stuff, and eventually you got to split. It takes months, and then you have to wait for closing and banks and approval. I'm just an example, right? It's it's any type of sales. You know, if you're working in a corporate platforms and you're doing like software and stuff, you got to meet with the executives and sometimes wait for the board to approve and budgets and this, and do committees with sub you know subgroups to actually present the opportunity. 
you know, I've listen, I've done a lot of different things in my life and all these things I'm talking about, I actually been part of those things. Yeah. And each one of those circumstances and cells, you know, are part of like the core of them, but there are processes. And if you just expect that that first opportunity is going to happen, it's going to always going to be there. Yeah, listen, there's a good percentage of that it happens, but that's not the majority. And so right. you have to be trained that it's going to happen. And also, to your point, if you don't follow up, today is a bad day. Yeah, know, maybe the, the circumstances today, this month is a bad. You know, there's different things that people are going through and they have priorities. You know, everybody's prioritizing. So maybe today's the priority for me is like number three. Next month, I'm going to go after number two. In three months, I'm in number one. They want me desperately. Now they need it. And that's exactly what it is. Now, if you've completely, you know, just pulled the plug and you didn't follow, you just lost that. See, that's the thing. We look at today's business. We don't look at future business. Two things we do in sales. There's today and there's the future. You work in two, two liver, like pipelines. Yeah. The one yeah. that is immediate and there's the one that is progressive, that is ongoing, because that's what's going to keep you going. If, if you're working like in our world, you got to work with doctors. We, we have, I use a smart formula, right? So yeah. there is a formula you work with the providers, you work with events, you want to community uh, organizations, you want to work with this and the other. And each one of them, you give some sort of a target per month. Now, if you can generate X amount of referrals per channel, you know, eventually that just going to exponentially, you know, kind of grow up in, in, into super numbers, one per channel and then, and then two, then, then four, then eight, 16. And it's, it's just adding up before you know it, you have, you don't have to work hard. You know, you yeah. sit back, relax, and everything's coming. But if you're just waiting for that quick deal, just satisfaction right now, it's over. It's done. You know, tomorrow you're going to work as hard, you know, or hard there. And it's the same thing. But if you work and this morning. I, yeah. I don't know about you, but I also, I love a challenge. Like, I love when you are nurturing somebody or you have to go to that you know, talk to 15 executives and, and do your thing. And like, I love winning them over too. like, at some point, like that is such a, such a victory, uh, like the easy wins. Yes. Who doesn't want an easy win? Right. But the ones that, you know, take that time or finally come around or whatever are just as sweet because, and they usually come at those times when you're like, not even expecting it. Like that woman who texted me, right? Like I wasn't even expecting it, but that's, you know, fantastic. And I, and I, it, it's may not be my biggest sale, but I'm excited because I'm also excited to help her too. You know, Darlene, it's, it's, it's amazing, but we're, we're like farming, right? We're big. We, yes. you, you have a huge land with a lot of trees. Then you got to put those seeds. You got to keep nurturing them and stuff. Some of them are quick fruits. Some of them are long-term, not all products, all, all I guess, farm stuff delivers in, in a month or two or a week. Some things can take years before you can start seeing stuff. Some things are quicker in a month or two. You have all those fruits and whatever it is. It's it's that's the same, same an analogy, but really that's what we are. We are planting seeds, yeah. And then some of them are going to give us quicker results, and some of them are going to take longer. But if you if you almost neglect those other ones, well, guess what? You just planted seeds, and then they get destroyed because no one took the time to nurture them and build them. And that's not something you want to do. So again, it's talking about mindset. That's the mindset you have yeah. to shift it. And we, again. Entrepre entrepreneurs are business people and sometimes there's money there's there's they put their shirt in in there they 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 put their homes in, into like you know some sort of a second mortgage whatever they borrow money time is ticking and sometimes their priorities can become a little and again as time gets tighter things decision making becomes a little kind of you know off yeah. and, and, and that can be a problem too 
So adjusting correctly and finding that quick help can help. I mean, listen, I, I have been in business. I've had good ones and bad ones. I've made some good calls and bad calls. And you know what? It is, I can get it. It's not always easy. Sometimes you do need that assistance to, to guide you. Because sometimes we see it our way. And then we become funnel vision and, you know, or tunnel vision yes. rather. And we don't, we don't have, you know, uh, we can't expand anymore. And you need that extra outside view that, hey, oh, I, I see it. You don't see it. Because again, that's like once we're in something, you know, I see it all the time. I do consulting sometimes. And so you go into a company or when you just move to a company, you see all the stuff that's wrong. Yeah. The people that were there, they never see it. Yeah. So I start, um, I start my coaching my intensive with doing a high level business analysis, because sales is not in a vacuum, right? And if for exactly those reasons, it is so easy for me being outside of the dynamics, I don't have any skin in the game, right? Like, I can go in and look very objectively and see where those gaps are, what they're doing really good. Maybe there's things they're doing great, but they're not even capitalizing on it. So doing that high level first, really enables me to focus on the sales piece of it, but then maximize what I'm bringing to the table with the sales because I'm addressing all those other areas. I don't want to do your marketing for you, but I can see where there's gaps and I have a great referrals you know, system where I can give you to um, trusted resources to help you get there. No, Darlene, I love it. And I, I, you know, we just hit the top of the hour here, but I know we, we're limited in time. There's so much we can talk about, but I want to just, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff I can ask, but, um, the one thing now it's about your work, your service, and how can people, uh, you know, which clients do you really seek and how can they reach out to you how you can help them? I know you do virtual, which means you can be all over the world. So, yeah. so, so let's talk about that. And, you know, I guess highlight a little bit about your, uh, company specifically. Yeah, so my my beloved avatar, so to speak, is that entrepreneur, that solopreneur that has is either a coach or a service provider um, that really has an established business, but they don't have the confidence in the sales piece of it, and they don't have the systems that are able to um, maintain those funnels of what we're talking about and, and those nurturing campaigns. So as I mentioned, I do a high level business analysis and I do this all in four weeks um, because entrepreneurs have the attention span of a gnat. And I say that in lovingly because that is me. Um, so they want to see, you know, they want to have something that they can hold on to and, and move forward with. So I do that. And then I go deep, I take a deep dive into their sales process. I give them, you know, I create a discovery form, like what to ask on that sales call to make sure you're getting in the right clients. Um, now we know who's the beloved avatar, but who is, you know, who would be the right people? What are the right questions to ask to make sure? Um, talking points of their, you know, how to convey their value using their bend. Not everybody sells the same. And I know, like, you know, we mentioned that before. Like, I like to use humor. I like make a joke out of everything, right? Like, even when I flub or whatever, like, I'm like, I have to have a sense of humor because it's just like life is too short. But people they may not operate that way. So, you know, I, I try to see what is going to feel natural to them. And we create talking points, not a sales script, because nobody wants to hear a sales script. And I do role playing with them. I really make them comfortable in getting their message across. Um, and then I also give them 
how to follow up, cadences. So if then, right, if they say this, this may not be a right client, you know, maybe you want to refer them to somebody else. If they're not ready for you now, maybe they need a website first. This is what you're going to do. Um, or if it's budget, let's put them into this bucket. Like so, so, so to start creating those funnels where it's cadences of how to reach out, what's appropriate. Um, and then also, you know, building out a referral program because some people have built their business on referrals, but they don't have an established program or, you know, um, what are strategic partnerships? Who's in your area that you can refer business back and forth? So I give them all of that at the end of about four weeks. And then two weeks after that, I follow up with them to see how it feels in their skin. You know, have they been doing it? Like, what is not good? That type of thing. And then I also have rapid fire coaching for those people that want to stay, you know, have somebody in their back pocket for the next couple of months, I do a three month rapid fire coaching where they can send me a sales call, we can hop on a call, see what maybe they have a new offering that they're not sure how to portray. So I do that as well to really, but it's really equipping them to be able to use their own personality, their own bend, and just continue to grow that business. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a pretty, uh, you know, com comprehensive package right there. And uh, and certainly the time frame is decent because, I mean, it's not a long, you know, uh, I guess, uh, investment of time for them because you're right. I mean, people need results, you know, in fairly short, you know, term. And so you're doing that. Now, your website is dp-consults.com? Right? Correct. And you can also find me on LinkedIn, Darlene, D-A-R-L-E-E-N, Priday, P-R-I-D-A-Y. And I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can reach out to me there. I'd love to connect. All right. And also I'll have the the, the website on the job uh, on the description of the show. So people also can do that. If your picture would be on the site, they can click on it. It will be on your site as well, or LinkedIn, you know, and so that will be an option. Uh definitely, folks, if you do need some assistance and, and guidance, you know, I think uh Darlene can definitely drive that and help and, uh, and make it happen. Uh, I hope that really we had uh, we had a very comprehensive discussion about sales in general and 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 the, the do's and don'ts and things that we can uh, improve and and just some of the realities of the business, uh, but certainly some nuggets on on the coaching and and what works and what doesn't. So, Darlene, anything you want to leave our audiences with today uh, before we end the show? I would say, like, trust your instincts. Right, be authentic to yourself. Trust your instincts. Learn a lot. Listen to a lot of different things, but go with your gut. Don't do something that is not in alignment with who you are. It's always going to come across to your audience. That's powerful. I'll take it, <laughs> and we'll we'll close with it. So, so thank you so much, Dolly, for being with us today. It's, it's been real. I had fun. I enjoyed the discussion. Um, and folks, I hope that you've enjoyed this show and uh, you've learned some stuff. Now, if you are an entrepreneur or you're contemplating such and or you are a coach and you want and you, things are not happening, now you know we have Darlene that's available and she can help and assist. Uh, so uh, we'll be talking soon. New day, new show and topic coming up. I'm your host, Hurricane Age. Bye for now.